Okay, so uh, tonight, what I think we're going to do is one of the topics which uh, which we sort of touched upon when we did the cleaning and casturing uh, last week on Wednesday uh, in the, that uh, that shear with the uh, the Arab Pesach Shechalios Shabbos. So one of the uh, the issues which uh, came up, which was uh, which was at least of interest to me, was the whole topic of the using egg matzah on next Shabbos. Uh, for those who are not so bold to want to go ahead and use actual chametz, uh, so uh, using egg matzah so it carries with it some interesting halachic issues. So I thought that it would be a, uh, a worthwhile endeavor to try and uh, to try and explore that. So, with that said, so we're going to try and pull that off and see if we could get a uh, a good understanding of what the issues involved are and how the solution is actually going to work. So this, uh, it appears on the page over there, the uh, the source sheets? Yes. Excellent. Okay, great. So uh, it begins, so we we begin the discussion with a little bit uh, from the Gemara about what we'll just call in general egg matzah. Well, uh, rather than using the Hebrew term, the halachic term matzah ashira, so we'll use the colloquial term of egg matzah. But egg matzah is just a term which is used for any matzah, for our purposes. It's going to be matzah, which is made with fruit juice, any, actually I should say, any liquid other than water. So plain matzah, which you, uh, which you buy. So that's going to be just flour and water. In the event that one uses a juice or a liquid other than water, and as we're going to see, you can't have any mixture of water in there whatsoever. Even the smallest amounts of water will ruin everything. But if you have straight up uh, honey or straight up eggs or straight up uh, uh, apple juice or something like that, so that is what we call matzah ashira. That's what we're, what we're going to call egg matzah. And that is going to be the focus of our attention for the next uh, 45 minutes or so. Okay, so to begin this discussion, so we have to start off with this Gemara here in Psachim. Lamed hey Amad Aleph. It goes from Amad Aleph to Amad Beis. So, but it's not so long ago for us, uh, for us Dafyomi people. So it's uh, still within the same Masechta. So the Gemara says, Amar Amar So Rabbi Barachan in the name of Reish Lakish says, Isa Shinilosha Beyayin Shemen Udvach. So if you have dough which you went ahead and you kneaded, you kneaded it with wine, oil, or honey. Again, a liquid other than water. So, ein chayavan al karis. So the Gemara says, Rabbi Rachan and the neighbor Shakish says, that in the event that you allow that dough to leaven, so it does not, you're not going to be chayav karis, you're not going to be obligated karis for such a mixture. That's Rabbi Shakish's statement. Yasiv of Papa of Rav Hunabayin of Yeshua, Kameidu of Idi Baravin. Now the Gemara relates, that one time Rav Papa and Rav Hunabed of Yeshua were in front of Rav Idi Bar-Avin, the Yasi Rav Idi Bar-Avin v'kamenamnin. And as, as, as often happens during the course of either the rabbi's Russia or the rabbi's Shir, so at least somebody is dozing off. We don't need any volunteers to go ahead and uh, to uh, act out the part, but somebody is, so Rav Idi Bar-Avin, he is dozing off. So Menamnim is that, that stage where you're not fully asleep, but you're not fully awake, you're in you know, a semi-conscious state before REM goes ahead and kicks it. So now, while he's dozing, Amrle Rav Hunabrede Vishul Papa. So the two who are still awake, so they're engaged in a conversation. My time in the Reish Lakish. Why does Reish Lakish say 
that if you go ahead and you make your matzah with fruit juice rather than water, that you're not high of kare, so you don't get kares for the leavening of that dough. Amarle, to which Rafapa responded, it's based on a pasuk. That the pasuk goes ahead and says that you're not allowed to eat chametz, and then the end of that pasuk says for seven days you're going to eat matzah. So we have a juxtaposition between the prohibition of chametz and the mitzvah of matzah. And that teaches us the following principle. That those things which can be used for the mitzvah of matzah. So then on the flip side, if you weren't careful with it and you allowed it to leaven, so then you will be high of karis. If you make matzah with flour and water, so since you could use such a matzah for the mitzvah, in the event that you're not careful and you allow it to leaven, so that flour and water mixture is going to carry with it the punishment of karis. And therefore, vaha, when you have flour with fruit juice, being that you cannot use such a matzah to fulfill the mitzvah of eating matzah at the Seder, why? The havila matzah shira, that's our term, because it is egg matzah. So, therefore, since you can't use it for the mitzvah, so if that dough leavens, so it doesn't carry the punishment of karis. So that's what Papa says. We have this juxtaposition, and only if you could fulfill the, the mitzvah with it, then it could become full-on chametz. If you cannot fulfill the mitzvah with it, so it does not become, it cannot be considered full-on chametz. Okay, so that's what Papa said. Really? Are you serious? But what about him? What happens if you take your matzah, right? We're a week before Pesach. They take the boxes of, boxes of matzah that you spent, I don't know, $20, $30 per box of matzah, and you put all of that and you soak it in water for the next seven days. So you'll have essentially dissolved matzah much easier to swallow. Uh, go, it's much easier going down, but it's uh, you went ahead and you uh, essentially dissolved it, and then you swallowed it as a drink. You made a matzah smoothie uh, rather than, uh, you know, m- munching on the matzah. So you have a matzah smoothie. You can have your dalakosis and your matzah all together in one. So, <laughs> matzah smoothie spritzer. So in the event that you went ahead and you allowed this matzah to go ahead and leaven, so anushkaris. So if so, if it's regular, if it's regular flour and water, and you let it sit there and you let it leaven, and then you dissolve it in water, so the punishment will still be kares because it leavened. So it's already bread, and you chayev kares. But the matzahu, in the event that you did not allow it to leaven, you went ahead and you baked it in matz as matzah, and then you dissolved it, and yotze uh, dechavas of a pesach. Such matzah cannot be used for the mitzvah. The fundamental Yeshua says to our Papa, you can't possibly draw a parallel between the matzah that you can be yotze with and on the flip side, chametz, which is going to carry the punishment of kares. Because if you dissolved matzah, it's not usable for the mitzvah of matzah. And yet, if it's chametz, it's full on chametz and you get kares. So clearly, Rafunabedi Yeshua says to Rapapa, your uh, conclusion, your, uh, the conclusion of that juxtaposition clearly is not, is not correct. Because as we as I just said, the because you cannot use this dissolved matzah for the mitzvah. 
But if it's chametz, it's going to be full on chametz, and you get karis. So now, as Rav Papa and Rav Huna made to be sure, you imagine that they were going back and forth at this point. Yaha, naha, yaha, naha, and it gets really loud. So at that point, when you have that yaha, naha going back and forth, so that was enough to disturb Itarabu Ravidi Baravan. So at that point, Ravidi Baravan says, Shah, guys, I'm trying to sleep. You guys are making no sense, anyways. I'm even sleeping, and I know. Amrluhu, he says, Dardaki says, children, quiet down. Hind the time of the Reish the reasoning of Reish Lakish is, going back to the fact that if you go ahead and you can knead dough with a fruit juice, so, and you allow it to quote unquote leaven, so that does not become full on chametz that you will be high of kares. He says, the reason is, because rather than using water, you're using a fruit juice. And the principle is, says Ravidi Baravan, is because if you use fruit juice rather than water, that dough will never leaven. So since it's never going to leaven uh, uh, chemically, whatever the uh, halachic criteria, the halachic uh, definition of leavened dough is, if you use fruit juice, it will never reach that state. And that's why it's not going to carry the punishment of cars. Okay? So, so now what does that mean as far as practical purposes are concerned? So does that mean that if I go ahead and I take my Pesach flour and I use uh, apple juice or I use grape juice rather than water, so I could go ahead and I could partake of that and I could enjoy it to my heart's content without any concern of chametz whatsoever. So, um, uh, so seemingly the, the Rambam says yes. Um, we're jumping in the middle of a Rambam over here, but he says, and there's a there's a little bit of a difficulty with uh, in the middle over here, but okay. It's matzah shalosha, not shlosha. Matzah shalosha b'mei peros. In the event that you went ahead and you kneaded the dough, um, uh, matzah, with fruit juice rather than water, so technically, you could go ahead and you could be yotzeh. So if I use a regular fruit juice, apple juice, or let's not even say grape juice, I use apple juice, I use orange juice, so I could be yotze, meaning I could use that for the, the, the matzahs at the Seder. Aval, a lashon of sabayayin, o shemen, o dvash, o chalav, but okay, the way that some of them before you understand, using these four liquids, wine, oil, honey, or milk, that you may not use in order to knead the dough that you would use to make matzah, why? Because in the previous parak, the Rambam emphasized the fact that the matzah which we use has to be poor man's bread. And if you use one of these four liquids, wine, oil, honey, or milk, so that's not going to taste like poor man's bread. That's going to taste like a, a Danish or something like that, a Danish crisp or something, but it'll, it'll have a much sweeter taste. And it's not going to be reminiscent or characteristic of a poor man's bread, and that's why it doesn't work. And therefore, by these four liquids, if you were to go ahead and you were to knead your, uh, the matzah with that, so although it's not chametz, the Rambam doesn't say it's going to become chametz, so he seems to go like the Gemara, that it is not chametz, but it's not going to be usable at the Seder. Okay. So that is the position that the Rambam takes. It's not going to be chametz. You could eat it throughout Pesach. It's just that it's not going to be usable for the mitzvah. Tosos, however, he says a little bit different. Tosos, Tosos says, says 
Um, um, okay, we're going to skip the uh, the first part, uh, and let's just do. Let's just start from here, just for simplicity. Uh, he says, He says, also maintains the same position. What's the same position? And that is, He's of the opinion that in the event that you use a fruit juice instead of water, so the resulting dough is never going to become chametz. As far as the halachic definition of chametz is concerned, if you use fruit juice rather than water, it never becomes chametz. Ah, how could you say that? Vad amar tisarf miyad. But what about the Gemara, which says that if you added fruit juice into the dough that you used to make matzah, you have to burn it right away. You have to destroy it right away. The necessity to destroy it certainly sounds like it is becoming chametz. Otherwise, why do you have to destroy it? So says, says Rabbeinu Tam, you know what is going to be the circumstance where you have to destroy it right away? That is, if you have fruit juice plus a little bit of water, the combination fruit juice and water and flour, so then you've ruined everything. If you just use flour and water, so you get 18 minutes. If you use just fruit juice, it never becomes hummus. If you have fruit juice and water, and water, so that combination is now going to make 11, even in less than 18 minutes. We don't know exactly what that time frame is, and that's why it should be avoided, because once you go ahead and you drop in that, uh, that water, that one little drop of water is already enough to potentially ruin the whole thing. And it's in reference to this, we say that there is not going to be karis. That's when you have a little bit of water. So if you have or you have apple juice and a little bit of water, one part apple juice, one part water, and then the rest flour. So then it will quickly leaven, but you're not going to be chayv karis. Aval, where'd I go? Aval. Third line up. Yeah, no, no, just my arrow's going the wrong way. Avalav isbe. But it's still going to be a lav, it's still going to be a Torah prohibition. Aval, Echa, delays Beit Haruvis Mayim. Oh, it's because I switched the whole paragraph. There we go. But in the event that you don't mix in any water, you straight up apple juice, Kagon, Yayin, Vechomet, Tusharmet, Peros. So you use just a fruit juice, you use wine or vinegar, I don't know what that would taste like, or you use some other fruit juice, apple juice or orange juice, without any mixture of water in there whatsoever. So that is going to be completely permitted. That never becomes chametz. That's, a, that's what we call matzah shira. It never becomes chametz. And el varai, and then again, he proves this, he emphasizes the point again. If you don't include water, it will not become chametz at all. Okay. Now, that's going to be as far as fruit juice. What about if you use eggs? So here is, we're not talking about a juice anymore. We're talking about just flour and eggs. So if I mix flour and eggs together and I make a dough out of that and bake that as matzah, so where is that going to fall into the equation? So Rashi is uncertain as to whether or not egg qualifies as fruit juice or is somehow that going to be put into a different category. 
Why? What's the, 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 the basis for the uncertainty? Because if you prepare one batch of dough using egg and uh, flour, and another batch of dough using flour and water, the egg and flour is going to be thicker. And maybe the, 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 thick, the, thick, the, uh, the thick result is uh, indicative of the fact that it is leavening in the process. So maybe we should be concerned. Maybe that's a, a sign, a clear sign of the leavening process which is taking place. So Rashi expresses uncertainty about actual egg matzah, egg and flour, whether that is does leaven or it does not leaven. And Rabbi Tam, however, was of the opinion egg matzah is fine. Not only does he hold it was fine, but and he used to go ahead and eat, even though Erev Pesach, after the fourth hour, you're not allowed to eat chametz anymore. And that's always the big, uh, the big challenge is, what do you eat on Erev Pesach? You can't have chametz, you can't have matzah. So we're all scrounging around. That's the one day where everybody says, I'm starving. What is there to eat in this house? So Rabbeinu Tam said he would go ahead and he would give egg matzah. He would make a batch of matzah with egg rather than water. And he would eat that on Erev Pesach late morning and early afternoon because it's something which doesn't become chametz, but it's not usable for the mitzvah of matzah. So he was of the opinion, as we're going to see now in a moment, that that was perfectly acceptable to eat on Erev Pesach. Ah, says this is the famous idea of what about the famous Yushalmi, which says, Sometimes Chazal get very dramatic in their uh, in their uh, their parallels over here. Uh, so in their metaphors. So the uh, the Yushalmi says that if somebody eats matzah on erev Pesach before the seder, it is comparable to that's a metaphor. It's comparable to having relations, having sexual relations with your fiance in your future father-in-law's house. So that's as dramatic as you're going to get as a violation of something which is just unbelievably violative. So eating matzah on Erev Pesach is akin to that. Don't ask me to explain it. But it is something which is uh, clearly what they mean to convey is it's a very bad thing. So if eating matzah on Erev Pesach is such a bad thing, why is Rabbeinu Tam eating matzah on Erev Pesach? So explains Tosos, because hainu matzah ru'yolata That's only going to be true regarding matzah that can be used to fulfill the, the mitzvah to Seder. So to eat matzah, which is usable for the mitzvah at the Seder, that is the akin to boel arusaso beves chamed. The zoo, but egg matzah, matzah shirihi. So this does not qualify as mitzvah matzah because this is egg matzah. And egg matzah is not usable for the, for the mitzvah at all. And since egg matzah is not usable for the mitzvah at all, you're allowed to eat it air Pesach without any hesitancy whatsoever. So this is, Rabbeinu Tam goes out and he tells us, actual egg matzah is never going to become chametz. And, but on the flip side, it's never going to be usable for the mitzvah of matzah. And therefore, if you're looking for the ideal food to go ahead and eat on air Pesach and everybody's starving, go ahead and give them some egg matzah and everybody should be uh, more than happy with that, uh, with that meal. Okay, good? Okay, you're out. Now, so this is how it's codified in Shulchan Aruch. May Peros, 
tough stomach may see falaf, may peros below mine, in rachmitz and klal. So if you use fruit juice without any mixture of water whatsoever, like Rabbeinu Tam said, so it will never leaven. That combination of, of a flour in fruit juice will never leaven. And says Shulchan uh, that you can eat this, you can eat egg matzah on Pesach when it was kneaded together with fruit juice. Even if you went ahead and you combined the apple juice and the flour and you just let it sit there on the countertop the entire day, way more than 18 minutes, 180 minutes, it went ahead and it sat there together. It's never going to leaven. When we say it never leavens, it means it doesn't leaven. Whatever you do, it's not going to leaven. Aval, however, you're not going to go ahead and be able to use such a matzah at the Seder. Because such matzah is what we call matzah or rich man's matzah. The crux of the lechem oni in the Torah says that in order to fill the mitzvah, it has to be lechem oni. And once you start mixing in these flavorful liquids, so it doesn't qualify as far as that. Okay, give up. So now, so seemingly we have, now it happens to be, and this will come up in the next source, that the Ramah is of the opinion that we are concerned about that we don't, we as Ashkenazim generally do not eat egg matzah on, uh, on Pesach. Which it's reserved. If you look on egg matzah, which they sell in the kosher Pesach section, if you look on the side of the box, it says, according to Ashkenazi custom, this is consumed only by the elderly or the infirm, or some language like that, because that's uh, people who might have a hard time digesting or getting there, getting, uh, uh, being able to eat regular matzah. So there's a leniency for them to go ahead and use egg matzah. Okay, but as a general practice, we Ashkenazim, we go ahead and we try and avoid. Uh, egg matzah on Pesach. So now we get to this year, the uniqueness of this year. So here you have Shulchan uh, so the halachas, primarily the halachas of Er Pesach, which fall on Shabbos. So they appear in Simen Tuf Mem Dalet. That's where it appears. So it says, and the first part is just regular halachas, and there'll be the last part of this, which uh, is most uh, relevant for our, our discussion today. So Shulchan Aruch says, when the 14th of Nisan falls on Shabbos, Bodkim Leil Shloshasar. The night of the 13th, in other words, Thursday night. And when it comes to destroying the Chametz with fire, so we don't do that on Shabbos, which is Yudalad, we do that Erev Shabbos, which is the 13th. Ooh, now here comes the part which is relevant. But it happens to be that it's Shabbos before Pesach begins, and you have to have meals on Shabbos. And meals on Shabbos include some form of bread. So you're going to leave behind, you destroy all of your chametz, other than the food that you're going to need for the two meals of Shabbos, Friday night and Shabbos morning. Now, what about, why did uh, Shulchan skip Tal Shudas? The Suda Shlish is Man Achar Mincha. Because anyways, Tal Shudas does not generally take place until the afternoon. And once you reach the afternoon of Erev Pesach, that's when everybody's starving. Thus, any Yechol Asosa, that meal, you have no choice. Because you can't go ahead and do Lobe Matzah. You can't use Matzah at that meal because that's like Bola Rosasa Beves Chamev. So that's violative and that's a terrible thing according to the Yishami. Lobe Chametz. And you're not allowed to have Chametz anymore because... Air Pesach after the fourth hour, you're not allowed to eat chametz anymore. Ella, 
So the only thing that you would be potentially be able to have at that point is matzah ashira, is egg matzah, and which is usable. But but you have to make sure to have that meal before the tenth hour of the day. Those who remember all the way for the, from the beginning of Arve Psach and the Dafyomi people back on Saditas. So we say that that you're not allowed to eat Saditas and Kuf. You're not allowed to eat Erev Pesach, Erev Shabbos, Erev Yontif too late in the afternoon because if you have a meal too late in the afternoon, that's going to get in the way of your ability to be able to enjoy the Shabbos or Yontif meal. In regards to Pesach, it will take away your ability to have an appetite for the matzah. So although you could technically have egg matzah for shalashudas, make sure you have it early in the afternoon rather than late in the afternoon so that by the time the Seder rolls in, you'll still have an appetite to be able to eat matzah. Now on that, says the Ramah, Haga, he says, In our Ashkenazi communities where we don't eat egg matzah on Pesach, as the Ramah himself tells us, about 18 simanim down. So now what are you going to do? So now, Shulchan Aruch says, you could fill Shal Shudas with egg matzah. But, says the Ramah, since we treat egg matzah primarily as chametz, it's not an option to have egg matzah for Shal Shudas. So what are we going to do for Shal Shudas? Says the Ramah, listen, you have no choice because you can, there's no bread that you can have. You can't have matzah, you can't have chametz, you can't have egg matzah. So what are you going to do? Uh, quinoa certainly isn't an option. So since you don't have a choice uh, 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 as a due to the circumstance, so you'll have to have shal shudas without washing and you'll have it either you'll grab some fruit or you'll have some meat or you'll have some fish, or you'll have some cheese, you'll have something, maybe not cheese because you're still flashing, but you'll have something uh, as shalshudas, which is not washing. As we talk about over there, reish tari alef sivav is the halachas of shalshudas, where we say that if you don't have any bread or something, so you could go ahead and you could fulfill shalshudas with just fruit, uh, fruit or meat or fish, and on air Pesach, Shechalios B'Shabbos, when there is no alternative, so we have, the, that's the, is B'Dievet as you're going to get, and therefore you'll have Shal Shudas just with one of those things. Okay. So that is that halacha. Now, um, So how is it a Suda, and how will you bench? Uh, so it, 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 you're not going to bench, because you didn't wash, and it's a suda. It, it's a suda in the sense that you sat down formally as a uh, um, uh, to eat to eat something. Uh, that's why it's only bidiyavid that it counts as a suda. You're, you're correct. It really does not count as a suda, and that's why generally we go out of our way to wash. But over here, since there's no alternative, so that's the best we're going to be able to do for uh, for a suda. Okay. So now in tough I and aleph. So here is the halacha that uh, that uh, that uh, we uh, mentioned from the Yushalmi. It says, Actually, not the, the Yushalmi yet. That you're not allowed to eat bread from the 10th hour of the day and onwards. So two hours before Shkia, two halacha hours before Shkia, already, or really it's the end of the ninth hour. So three hours. We have halacha hours before Shkia. So you're not allowed to go ahead and eat anything which is bread. Why? Or matzah. 
or even if it's not matzah, in order that you should be able to eat matzah with an appetite because that somehow enhances the mitzvah that you're so hungry that uh, that you're so excited to eat the uh, the matzah. Aval, but even after the ninth hour, you could have some fruit and vegetables, but you shouldn't go ahead and fill up your stomach with them because you could fill up with fruit and vegetables also, and that will take away your appetite, but you can have small amounts of that. And that's generally what we go ahead and we serve. It can be preemptive and have a, a serving of prunes. Seed base. And then we say, V'kodem shah asiris. Uh, before the tenth hour, mutar lechol matzah So Shulchan Aruch says once again, he confirms his position. You can have egg matzah in the afternoon because he's of the opinion that egg matzah is not chametz, and therefore it is permitted uh, not only uh, uh, ere Pesach, but it's permitted for the duration of Pesach. But says our mother, our mother doesn't repeat the idea that we don't eat egg matzah. But he says of a matzah shiots in Baba the matzah that this is the Yushalmi, the matzah that would, you would use to fill the mitzvah at the Seder, that it is prohibited to eat at any time on the 14th. Okay, so now we get to what are we going to do, Lemaisa? So, what are we going to do as far as the meals on next Shabbos? Whether or not we're going to have uh, challah, we'll have challah rolls, we'll have pita. What are we going to do as far as these meals are concerned? And as Rav Moshe begins uh, in, in the part which we're, we're going to see from Rav Moshe, the Igris Moshe, so he recognizes that there are people who are very nervous to have chametz out on Erev Pesach, which falls out on Erev Shabbos. There are people who are already completely Pesach they, a week before Pesach, they, you know, even rolls in. But certainly on Erev Pesach, when it's Shabbos, so it makes people really, really nervous. But you have to have you have to be able to wash at least some of the meals. So how are you going to manage that? So this is what Rav Moshe addresses in this tshuva. Chelik Aleph, Simon Kuf Nun Hey in Orachaim. He says, He says, therefore, for those people who are not interested in keeping uh, retaining possession of chametz for Shabbos, that erev Shabbos which falls uh, erev Pesach which falls in Shabbos, why? Because they're afraid that you'll, uh, you, there'll be crumbs or that you won't get rid of all of the chametz or one of the kids will go ahead and put it in his pocket because last year he was starving in Erev Pesach, so he'll try and save something. Just one of the things which could potentially happen, you just don't want to take any chances. You don't trust anybody. Never trust anybody. Uh, the, the, uh, the pitfalls that could, could potentially occur so Moshe says, you know what you could do for that Shabbos? For the first two meals, at least Shabbos night and Shabbos morning, have egg matzah. Why is that okay? Now the first issue that your Moshe addresses is that for egg matzah, generally in order to qualify as bread, it's going to be flour and water. Whether it's a matzah variety of bread or whether it's actual bread, but it's going to be flour and water. And we all know from hanging around with, uh, with Benji and whatnot, that if you put too much flavor into the bread, if it's not water challah, so potentially it's mizonos rather than hamotzi. It becomes like a Danish or like a, uh, like a croissant rather than uh, actual bread. So if it's only made, right, the whole, the whole idea when we travel on a plane and they tell us it's mizonos bread, 
Or if you go ahead and those who argue that, uh, and sometimes you find it on, on frozen pizza boxes, it says that the bracha is mezonos. So the whole basis of that is rather than using water, they use apple juice. So if the whole basis of mezonos bread is the fact that you're using juice rather than you're using juice rather than water, so then uh, how are you going to be able to wash on something which is only uh, which qualifies as a cake rather than an actual bread? So Moshe says it's not an issue. Why? Because since the whole meal now is going to revolve around these egg matzahs, that's what you're, that's going to be the staple of that meal. So then, because even if you were to take an actual Oreo cookie and you were to make your meal that was going to be the staple of your meal, you'd also, if you're going to have enough of it in conjunction with the meal, you would wash on Oreo cookies too. Because once you take something which is Mizonos, for, for anything which is baked in Mizonos, and you make a meal out of it, whatever that criteria is, we're not discussing, but if you make a meal out of it, so you go ahead and you wash and you bench. And this is clear, and Beis Yosef actually advises using egg matzah on this particular Shabbos, because he writes his vows. Don't go ahead and ask that really you should destroy everything before Shabbos and not retain any chametz whatsoever. And on Shabbos you'll eat egg matzah. Why should one not do that? Again, it's important to understand what the Beis Yosef is saying. He's saying, do not suggest that you should destroy all of your actual chametz before Shabbos. And what you will use on that Shabbos, which is Erev Pesach, is just egg matzah. Why does the Beis Yosef say that you should not suggest that? Because, not for any halachic reasons, as Ramosha points out, the Kevan chain Sipuk Biyad Kol Adam Lasos Matzah Shira L'Chol HaGimel Sudos, being that most people can't afford to make a special batch of egg matzahs to cover the three Shabbos meals. So therefore, Lo Atrechu Rabbanan Ayin Sham Chazal did not go ahead and mandate that that's what everybody should do. Because back in the day, it was hard enough to get regular matzahs, but to make a whole batch of regular matzah for Pesach and then make a separate batch of egg matzahs, that was just way, that was prohibitively expensive. And Chazal would not go ahead and, uh, and uh, um, uh, uh, obligate somebody to go ahead and do such a thing. Okay, now that's in theory. But Chazina said, now says there Moshe, Chazinan, however, what we see in principle is, really what Chazal wanted to do was to go ahead and enact and instruct everybody, get rid of all of your chametz before Shabbos, in order that you shouldn't end up making an error with, by leaving crumbs or something behind on Pesach, by leaving behind some chametz, and that's really what they should have done. They said, for this Shabbos, all of your meals, you'll be yotzei with egg matzah. Ach, and the, the only reason why they didn't do so is not because of a halachic consideration, but ach, shalom, shalom, they just didn't want to be matriach, everybody to go through the expense and the difficulty of making this special batch of matzah, which is egg matzah. But it's only because they didn't want to, they didn't want to burden us. But, 
But for those people who could go ahead and get their hands on egg matzah for those two meals, the Shabbos night meal and the Shabbos morning meal, so that is obviously ideal because you make sure that you get rid of all of your chametz before Shabbos, and then you have these uh, these matzahs, these egg matzahs, which are not technically chametz. We don't eat them on Pesach, but they're not technically chametz. You don't have so much about the crumbs being left behind, and that's going to be ideal. And even though for the Shabbos meals, as Al had pointed out, you have to be able to wash and bench on these things. So how are you going to get away with that if you have if you're using egg matzah? But being that you're using these egg matzahs as the staple of the meals on Shabbos, which require bread. So, so this is, this qualifies as making your meal on this bread. And for this particular meal, it's going to qualify 100% as bread. Wash, make a mozi, bench, and you, you'll be fine with that. Um, I don't want to go into all this lumbus, so I'll put it aside. Uh, okay, now let's go. Uh, we'll pick it up from here, just for to try and keep it a little bit simpler. So now he says, um, Okay, now let's actually, we'll jump over to here. As exciting as uh, that is in terms of Kloli Hara, but for time's sake, we'll say. V'lachain. So this is now Rav Moshe's conclusion. He says, V'lachain Pashat. He says, therefore, it is obvious. Shetov lechol bebeisa sudos matzashira. He says, the best thing to do is to eat for these two meals, the Shabbos night meal and the Shabbos morning meal. The ideal thing is to eat egg matzah. Atanilos bebeisim. Even in the event that it is made with eggs, what, what Rav Moshe when he emphasizes this phrase, "afanilos bebeitzim," so what he's referring to is what we saw at the end of Tosos, where Tosos raised the possibility that maybe uh, if you make uh, matzah with just eggs rather than fruit juice, maybe that's actually worse. Maybe eggs does cause things to leaven. Remember, because that produces a thicker dough or a thicker matzah than if you use matzah. And maybe that additional thickness is indicative of the fact that some leavening has taken place. So he says, though, lemaisa, though, you could go ahead and we could be makil. Because at worst, that's what the, the lumdus, which we skipped in the middle over here, because really there's different opinions which are mentioned in Shulchan Aruch. And being that it's an isidurbana, and we could go ahead and we could follow the lenient opinion as far as this is concerned. And uh, and we don't have to go ahead and start combining one chumrah on top of another chumrah on top of another chumrah to go ahead and avoid it. That's already too uh, o- over the top in terms of being machmer. So he says the best thing to do is 
on that Shabbos is to use egg matzah, even if egg matzah is literally flour and eggs, that's going to be preferable. Aval, however, lecho rak adzman shereshayim lecho chametz lemenagenu. However, Ramosha says the limitation is since lemaisa we treat this as chametz, so therefore uh, you're not allowed to eat it a, 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 a later than the time that you'd be allowed to theoretically eat chametz. So therefore, you have to finish eating this egg matzah by the end of the fourth hour. She'en ochle matzah shiv pesach, v'gam lo be'erv pesach, achazman heter achilas chametz. Because we're not allowed to eat egg matzah on pesach, or even on erev pesach, any later than the time that you're allowed to eat regular chametz. So even though egg matzah is a lower form, it's a chumrah that we have, we Ashkenazim have not to eat it, but even though it's a chumrah, and you may say, well, we could be a little bit more lenient with that, and maybe we could have it later into the day than you'd be able to have actual chametz. Rebosha says, Lamaisa, we're not going to play games, and we're going to go ahead and we're going to say, as soon as the end of the fourth hour arrives, where you're not allowed to eat chametz, you're not allowed to eat egg matzah either. So even though we're, we're, it's, it's an advantage, because you don't have to worry so much about the crumbs, but it's not going to be so lenient that you'd be able to have it in the afternoon. So we're going to treat it, as far as eating is concerned, the same as we would treat regular chametz, and you would only be able to have it up until the end of the fourth hour, as he says, according to the Ramah, or Chaim Simen Taf Mem Dalad. So that's why, the, the, uh, I, I didn't uh, cite it over here, but that's why the Mishabura says that one of the ways that we handle, so the Ramah says that the way we handle Shalashudas is just by having meat or chicken or fish or cheese or fruit in the afternoon. The Mishabura quotes from other Achronim that what we do is, B'diyeved, is we can be Yotze with Shal Shudas even in the morning. So even though generally Shal Shudas is always going to be Shabbos afternoon, there is an opinion which says you can be Yotze Shal Shudas in the morning. So we play around with both shitas. So we go ahead, what we're going to be doing is we divide the Shabbos morning meal into two. Wash, make hamotzi, eat a little bit. Bench, pause. That's your second meal of Shabbos. Then as long as it's still before the fourth hour, we wash again, make hamotzi, and we eat. Finish all of the chametz or all of the egg matzah by the end of the fourth hour. Discard of all of that chametz, if it's chametz that you have, by the end of the fifth hour. And then, according to some opinions, your Yosei Shalashudis, even though it's the morning, the advantage that you have is you're able to wash three times. So that's the advantage of that approach. But being that their opinions would say that you're not Yosei Shalashudis, the, the third meal in the morning, so that's why we'll have a fourth meal. We always like eating anyways. But that's why we'll have a fourth meal, Yontif, uh, uh, Erev Shabbos afternoon, Erev Pesach afternoon, with either meat or fish or cheese or fruit, or technically you could go ahead, based on what we read, you could also go ahead and you could have knedelach. You could have soup with knedelach then, because once you go ahead and you cook the matzah meal, so that's no longer matzah, which is usable for the Seder. So since it's not usable in any way, shape or form at that point for the Seder, so it, it's not violative according to the Yushalmi, because it's not, since it's not usable for the mitzvah, and that's a way of having something with a little bit more substance. If you want to go ahead and you want to have your starch in the afternoon, you can go ahead and you can get away with that. Or you can make, you know, special potato kugels or something like that to be able to have in the afternoon. Uh, nobody goes ahead and rejects a potato kugel when you go ahead and you, uh, you serve that. So that, uh, that, that should be fine as well. 
But that is a story why egg matzah, uh, that it has, it carries with it a number of leniencies, but also carries with it some, uh, some, uh, some chumras. And that is what we got for that. Yeah, Ellen. Uh, so now you gluten-free matzah. Does that come in the spectrum there? Um, so I, I never went through the whole gluten-free sugya about whether or not gluten is a necessary prerequisite for something to become chametz or not. Um, I know Rabbi David Cohn from the CRC, you can probably find it on their website. I know that he uh, uh, did some research and I'm pretty sure that he wrote an article about it, um, but I never, uh, I, I, I never went through it. But I, I, I would think that, that's, uh, that, that, would not, uh, that that would not work. Because if you're able, to, if, if you're holding that you're going to use it at the Seder, so by definition, you can't have it air Pesach. No, but if you hold it, you don't, you can't use it at the Seder. You can just have it for snacking during Yanta, during uh, Chalmohed. Right. So if you hold that, it's not usable for things. So then, uh, then yes. Yeah, so then, uh, then, then it should be okay. Air Pesach too. Indeed. Okay. Gavalik. So thank you everybody for, uh, for coming. I, uh, thank you very I much. appreciate it. Yeah. And-